That'll do it. The game may be over, but our coverage of Utah Jazz basketball is just beginning. That kid is on fire on catch and shoot threes right now. This is Utah Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Bounces to Gobert, and he rocks the Kappa! Presented by both Mark Miller Subaru locations. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Now, it's time for a complete wrap of tonight's Utah Jazz game on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. Welcome on into the Zone Sports Studios and welcome to the Mark Miller Subaru postgame show. It's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru re- retailer. The Utah Jazz fall to the San Antonio Spurs tonight, 127-120. to uh, DeMar DeRozan, 38 points, had five assists, five rebounds to go with it. 16-19 from the free throw line, 11 of 19 from the field. He didn't even take a three-point shot on the night. It was 56% shooting coming uh, from the Spurs. The Jazz shot 44%, 36.8% from three. It was a 25% three-point shooting night from three for the Spurs. The Jazz missed 14 free throws on the evening. Uh, shot 69% from the stripe, 90% from the line for the Spurs at 27-30. The Jazz beat them on the boards 43-35, but when you can't get a stop, that's going to hurt you uh, even if you are winning on the boards part of the reason why is they're making too many baskets an abysmal defensive night for the utah jazz couldn't get stops time in and time out right from the beginning all the way to the end the spurs had a much better offensive night than what they're uh, statistically used to and it shows in a seven point loss those sharp stats of the game brought to you by les olson company les olson company your office technology partner for more on the game tonight let's head back to san antonio here's quinn snyder Coach, what were the challenges in guarding the mid-range game tonight and DeRozan? Well, you know, those are shots that I won't say you want to allow, um, but if they're contested shots, and I didn't think we we weren't as aggressive contesting. Um, I think we got better as the game um, improved. But, you know, in pick and roll, we started doing some other things to switch it and blitz it to try to get us up more. Um, but you know, whether it's isolation or pick and roll, you're going to give some things up, um, but you can't give everything up. And I thought the fact that we fouled um, as much as anything, he's going to hit some shots. He's got size. He's athletic. He can rise up. He shoots, the, you know, the ball. Um, his release point's really high, but, you know, if we're contesting those shots he's going to make some of them, but we can't foul you got it within four and five points at some point during the game and but we just couldn't get over the hump what did you see there well we had a couple couple possessions defensively where you know we did some good things there was one that you know they got a long rebound um and that was a crucial possession um, and then there were, there were some others where um we had some looks that that were good that we missed and you know they, they played really well you know this is a good team and um, they were ready to play. We knew that. I thought we were. Um, I thought we were ready to play. There was a level that um, we didn't have in, in in the first quarter. It was really more about transition, and we gave up a lot of points early. And you know we were playing from behind the whole game. Could they do anything defensively to? Well, we scored a lot of points too. You yeah. know, um, you know it's always a little different game when um, you know the fact that Lamarcus is out. Obviously, he's. 
you know, a terrific player, but the, the game changes a little bit. And I thought we did a decent job attacking them. You know, we had it. We, we miss, you know, again, we, we missed a lot of free throws. I think we missed 14 free throws. So, you know, if you put up 120 points, you know, that should be enough to win the game. And, you know, we've just got to be better defensively. As I said, you know, we, we had some breakdowns where we overhelped and gave shooter shots. Um, and then we fouled and against a team that they were they were shooting the ball really well. And uh, if they're going to make some of those, you can't you know you can't foul them as well. What, what adjustments can you guys make defensively just as this trip goes on? Well, I mean, you make adjustments during the course of every game. Every team's different. You know that's why you game plan, and um, we always look at our game plans. And, you know you prepare for. Um, some of the things that have happened to us are, you know, when a guy, you know, I think DeRozan had 38. I mean, that's a big night. But as I said, you know, if we can adjust and not foul somebody, um, you know, we adjust our pickup points higher up on Eric Gordon. There's a lot of subtle things, I think, that, you know, our focus just needs to improve. Um, but that said, you know, we've been defending really well up to that point. And we've got to do better, obviously. Um, and I think we know what we need to do. We just got to execute and have more focus on that end from the beginning of the game. Well, you hear it there, right there, Quinn Snyder talking about the issues defensively. And, hey, he said mid-range shots. Those are the ones you want those guys to take. But uh, I don't mean to paraphrase too much on what he's saying. I didn't feel like the Jazz really made the Spurs feel them throughout the night. I didn't feel like they, they made it irritable for them to make buckets and shots and points. I felt like in the Dallas game, even when Dallas made some plays, it was like, man, that was a heck of a play. Porzingis is good. Doncic with a great play. That's life. He made a shot. I didn't feel like there was as much resistance there as there should have been, and I don't think the numbers just speak for it. I think watching the game seemed to uh, uh, show that. Yeah, one of the things that Quinn talks a lot about um, offensively, particularly, is playing with force. And I, I think there is an element of this team what. Um, you know, the, in terms of, of figuring out, hey, this is a really how you're going to win, a, you know, be great and win a lot of games mm-hmm. is be good defensively. And um, I, I, Quinn made the point. I, I think that there, this isn't something you look at and say, man, we really got out schemed or we really got, um, you know, we really got hurt on certain plays or actions. Um, this was more about uh, DeRozan just basically kind of getting where he wanted to on the floor and either pulling up and scoring it or, you know, they sent him to the line 19 times. And there were, there were a handful of plays. I, I remember one in particular, and Quinn talked about it, maybe a little bit of overhelp and, and leaving a guy. And the hard part about being out and playing on the road is, man, the momentum part of this thing is so huge. And, and David talked about Rudy's foul. I mean, you just go down and look through all of the different plays. Mm-hmm. In order to be great defensively, you just have to be disciplined and solid. But I agree with you. The, the force piece is really important. And uh, I think the Jazz need to have the mindset. These, this team is use the term they're going to feel. You know, they're going to know we're out there, going to feel our presence. Um, and I think that that's the, the way Quinn ended the conversation or ended the, the, the uh, interview was he said, our focus needs to be better on the defensive end. Yeah. And I think that's plain and simple. Uh, the season average per points per 100 possessions for the San Antonio Spurs is, as I look it up, 111. Their rating tonight was, uh, as I rounded up, a 126. Yeah, that can't happen. That just no, can't happen. Just... This team is going to play right into what you want to do. They're going to shoot mid-range shots. They're not going to get a lot at the rim. They're, like There's a lot they're going to do to play tactically into what you want to have. 
But I wanted, I talked to Ron about this. Is this an issue with mental energy? He said, not at all. He went into the tactical side of it all. When you watch what's happening with the Jazz defensively, how much of this is tactical and how much of it is kind of that uh, using that mental energy and, and just that personal pride to defend the way they need to? Uh, I really like the term focus. I think, you know, you, uh, you, you definitely, um, the priority as a player, as a team, where you put your priorities really determine uh, what kind of success or failure you'll have. And mm-hmm. I do think there has been perhaps a little bit of, hey, we're really good offensively. I don't know that we need to try or play as hard or play as connected or play uh, every single possession that we've kind of had, you know, in the past. So this this is, in my mind, not so much a uh, a scheme thing. A tactical thing. I think this is more a focus thing. Interesting. Yeah. So I think the game is plan a, is there. The right plan is no, there. No, I feel like, yeah, yeah, for sure. But but maybe attention to it, right? Okay. I think that the the plan is solid and sound. We we've seen that enough throughout the year. But maybe the attention to the detail of the plan is where there's a little bit of lacking. The Utah Jazz had 18 assists tonight, 37 made baskets, 23 assists on 46 made baskets for the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, Those assist numbers brought to you by the Larry H. Miller dealerships throughout the Utah Jazz season. Larry H. Miller dealerships are going to donate $50 for each assist to Larry H. Miller Charities. We are driven by you. The three-point numbers on tonight's game. Uh, San Antonio shot 25% for three. They were eight for 31. They scored 127 points. They made eight three-pointers. Yeah, on a night like that, you would have thought they had what you know, twenty something makes maybe right, fifteen at least. Yeah, and and, you, with a, and the thing is, you can live with you know on a night like uh, they made a ton of mid range shots, and, and the book over time said you know, you're not going to win an NBA championship playing that way. I mean, it's just the modern analytics tell us that thirty of forty two is just not going to, and eight threes at twenty five percent is just not going to get it done. Yeah. Uh, and if that score was 107-97 or something like that, you could probably live with it a little more. This is just not – this is not this team. This is not what this team did to rattle off all those games in a row. And it just needs to be something that they, they prioritize and get back to. The Jazz were 14-38 from three, 36.8%. The three-point feature brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than 80 years. When we come back, we'll continue to talk about this one. Rudy Gobert will give his thoughts about Utah's defense in a performance like tonight, and we'll also get you ready for the Jazz and the Nuggets coming your way tomorrow night. Final score once again, the Spurs 127, the Jazz 120. Uh, this is the Mark Miller Subaru postgame show, and it reminds you to go where love takes you in the completely new redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback, available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back to the Jazz Game Night Post Game Report as the Utah Jazz fall to the San Antonio Spurs 127 to 120. With Coach Tim Lacombe, I'm Tony Parks, and uh, the Utah Jazz remind you that points in the paint are brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call 800 GO C E R T A or visit CertaPro.com. That's Serta with a C. We do painting and you do life. Points in the paint tonight in this one 40 to 42. The Jazz with 40. 
San Antonio with 42 on this one tonight. That wasn't the story, although that is a stat, and we thank uh, all the great sponsors for supporting Utah Jazz basketball and the Jazz Game Night postgame show. The real story tonight was what the Utah Jazz did uh, defensively so many times, having struggles with this. It has been a real issue. Uh, the switching, the, the different uh, facets in which teams have really caused some problems for them as of late, and then being able to attack the Jazz in two different ways. Um, how much of this is something that could be a normative thing, or is this just something that you see in the NBA game where other teams have made their adjustments, now it's Utah's turn uh, to make the change? Yeah, it's. Uh, I think David brought up a great point on maybe the adjustment to not trying to challenge Rudy at the rim. Um I believe in time, you know, the Jazz just adjust to that and do a better job of contesting mid-range shots, and those shots kind of fall back into line. But, um, you know, there's some a couple different things at work. The thing that, that's most troubling to me in two-game span, uh, Austin Rivers and Eric Gordon combined for 71 points, and tonight DeRozan and Patty Mills combined for 56 mm. And that's a little bit of a, a scary trend that, uh, you know, guys, ball handlers, primary ball handlers, guys who are basically initiating running the offense through, uh, get that many points against a, a Jazz team that's been pretty good defensively for the most part. Um, I, I think there's been nights that but, – but this probably is one of the, the low points in terms of defense, and that's something that, uh, you know, internally they're just going to have to address. Let's go back to San Antonio. Jazz lose to the Spurs 127-120. Here's Rudy Gobert. You know, and when, when you give confidence to, to these guys, they can, they can be pretty good. And, you know, we, I think I, I feel like we played better second half, but it was a little too late. They were hitting some contested shots and getting on the line. Uh, they played a pretty good game. I mean, they made a lot of tough shots tonight. Yeah, it seemed like you guys were coming back between four or five points. But what would happen during those stretches? Uh, I think we were right there. You know, we could have went either way. Uh, you know, they got a few offensive rebounds. We we missed a few shots that were open. And, you know, but I think the game really was in the first half when we we didn't come out the way we should come out. And, you know, they got going. When you look at the this game and the game before, you taking pride in, in defense, the defense of this team, what have you seen and what do you take away? I mean, I haven't seen the the good defensive team that we can be, you know, and we had a lot of slippage lately, but I think we can uh, turn it around just with our focus and our urgency early in the game. If we do that, I think we, you know, the rest of the game, I feel like we were there. And that's when they hit all those tough shots and, you know, it was kind of... Uh, a little demoralizing at times, but I think if you don't give them that confidence early, it would have been a different game. Is there anything to the notion that when a team is missing one of their key players, there just seems to be a little bit more step? I mean, these guys are, you know, these guys are, you talk about who? LaMarcus being out, and you, know, you see a team. I mean, these guys are a very good team, you know, they, they, they were coached. Uh, you know they're going to execute and you know and the big guy uh, that was starting is, is a solid player you know he brings different things that Lamarcus does but you know he's still a solid player you know and, and Demar is really the guy that they, they went to tonight and you know he got it going. These last few games is uh, you talking about the opponent getting too comfortable early. What can you guys do to kind of counteract that? Too? I think our mindset, our attitude. You know, I think uh, we've been doing it for you know 
for the last month. So I think we, you know, maybe it's just we're a little tired and, you know, we, we're forgetting the, the most important things. But I think we, you know, if we come out with our attitude and, and our mindset that, you know, we want to beat everyone, I think we, we're in good shape. All right, there's Rudy Gobert after this one tonight. Urgency and being able to do that early and often. That was kind of um, that focus and urgency early in a game is what this team specialized in during their huge stretch of victories and doing it in dominant fashion. Yeah, and it's, it, you know, crazy thing is success can be a double-edged sword. You know, they went on that big run, and there were games in that run that, you know, they didn't necessarily play great and play well, but they they got enough points and won the game. Um this is this is I totally agree with Rudy. I think a big piece of this is a focused mindset thing, and I don't know that the coaches. You know, I think this is not. You know, Quinn preaches this a daily. Their staff preaches defense and the importance of defense. We've seen that. We know that's where they hang their hat. This is going to have to be, in my mind, something that that uh, Rudy, uh, being kind of the defensive player of the year two times, and you know, he's going to have to rally these guys to understand that. This has got to be uh, an every night thing if we are going to get where we want to go. I always think about this when it comes to trying to get to elite level as a team in the game of basketball, any level, but especially when you talk, you know, NBA and you've you know, coached at the college basketball level at high levels. Uh, it's can you be consistently great in the areas that take toughness, sacrifice, and terrific effort when you know you could still win if you're not consistently great at it. If you know you can get away with stretches of not doing it, do you still have that anyway? Like Stockton Malone and company, and I know we're talking about a different era of jazz basketball, in their championship contending years, they would have plenty of nights where they didn't necessarily have to be great in all those areas all the time, and they were. Constantly. Charlotte, home game, random night, hollow crowd early, didn't matter. Didn't matter. But very few times did they you know, have that kind of lull. And so that's what I wonder about with this team because they seem to have that for some of that winning stretch. So that's my big test for them. Can they be great consistently in those areas even though they know they can get away with not being great in those areas all the time? It is. It's about little things that aren't necessarily little. They're, they're actually big things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's habits. It's mindset. It's focus. It's an understanding that, yeah, yeah, we're really good offensively, but we, we don't want to just beat the Spurs tonight in San Antonio. Hmm. Like, we want, to, we want to get to the NBA Finals. You know, there, in my mind, there has to be a switch that goes off that we're not, we're not just playing a game today and then we're going to go play a game tomorrow. This is a process to build a championship team. And I think that's part of, too. I mean, people don't want to hear it, but there is still, you know, Donovan's in his third year. And, you know, this is, this is all somewhat of a process. And I'm telling you, there's going to be another huge winning streak this year because this is the way this team's built. But if you lose sight, in my mind, if you lose sight of the things that seem maybe insignificant and small, like starting a game with energy and enthusiasm and hustle and urgency, you know, if, if that isn't just a hallmark, and it's interesting you bring up Stockton, that dude was ready to go every night. He was ready to set a bone-cracking screen mm-hmm. every night. He never shied away from it. And really, in my mind, I think that's the next step for this team to understand in order to be we're, – we're really good, but in order to be great and elite, this has to be something that 
we're not just playing a game. We're playing every day as a process to figure out how we want to get where we're going. Yeah. Yeah. And to sustain that. To sustain I mean, that. Yeah. It's, it's so, there's a good window there where they had it. They know they can get it back. They've had it before. But it's it's got to be something that you fight through the lulls or the sagging moments where it's just not there. Well, and to their credit, I mean, the, the thing that is, this this is, you know, there, there's been very few teams that have just absolutely gone out, unless they've just had supreme talent, mm-hmm. and just you know, ran rough shot over the league through major stretches of the season. Every team, for the most part, goes through incredibly good highs and and tough lows. Um, so I don't think, again, it's not something you panic about. No. But it's just where you put your priority and your emphasis as a player. And that's something that I think that this will give them an opportunity to kind of look back on. The Utah Jazz win the rebound battle tonight, 43-35. to They lose on the scoreboard, 127-120. to Speaking of rebounds, Safe Light Auto Glass, the local vehicle glass expert, is your preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Auto Glass, proud to present this year's Master of the Glass Rebound Program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Light will donate $5 for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader, with all the proceeds benefiting the neighborhood house so thanks so much uh to safe light auto glass when we come back we'll hear from donovan mitchell we'll continue to talk about this one tonight and get you ready for the matchup with the denver nuggets tomorrow the final score once again the spurs 127 the jazz 120 you heard it all right here on the zone sports network Back on the Jazz Game Night post-game report with the Utah Jazz fall to the San Antonio Spurs 127-120. to The post-game show tonight brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. Uh, Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. With Coach Tim Lacombe, I'm Tony Parks. And Coach, tonight, Donovan Mitchell, 31 points. He was 9 of 20 from the field, 10 of 10 from the free-throw line. Did some great things for assists to go along with it. And even though some defensive nights haven't been good, some statistical offensive nights have been good, and it was another good one for him. Yeah, Donovan, uh, you know, the one thing, he's going to compete and play hard every night. He's got to be a little bit frustrated right now, and I think as a leader of the team, uh, you know, it's an opportunity for him to uh, to kind of drill home what the coaches are, are talking about defensively. But, man, he's such a pleasure to watch on the offensive end every night, mm-hmm. and uh, he's, he's definitely playing at an unbelievably high level, hopefully tomorrow. Uh, we hear that he and Rudy are going to the All-Star game. Speaking of Donovan Mitchell, here's what he had to say to the media. Feel us a little bit more, you know. The past two games, we really haven't guarded well. Um, we just got to get that attitude back that we've had for the past month and a half. And, you know, you can't you can't, um, can't start out slow and expect to come back every single game. You know, eventually, like, I think teams are going to react. And when shots, you know, we, we hit some shots. We did our thing on offense. But when you, when you let... Not just one guy, you know, you could, you could easily say DeMar had 38, you know, but we defended him. You know, he hit tough shots, but when you, like myself, letting um, DeJounte get three mid-ranges with no contest, you know, like when he, he gets going, you got Patty, Marco, you got Derek White hitting three, like, you know, you got guys um, contributing to, to tomorrow. It makes it tough to kind of know where the offense is going to come from, you know, and I think we missed little things, even like the missed blockouts, you know, stuff like that. Things we can control, and, you know, we got to get back to the way we've been playing the last month where it's been like, you know, aggressive, you know, on both ends of the floor. What caused this slow start tonight? Um, I mean, honestly, sometimes you, you go out there and it's just uh, sometimes just between the ears. You know, it's nothing physical. We, we, we communicated. You know, we did things. We just got to do it with a little more force. You know, we as the game went on, we progressed and started playing it better. But, you know, when the team is hot, once the team is comfortable, then you know, it doesn't matter what you do at that point. And um, that's really what 
tonight was. You've had a few games in a row now where guards have kind of gotten a little loose. Do you think that there's been something lacking on the perimeter defense? No, I mean, yeah, I think we just got to be more physical, be more aggressive. Um, um, we made adjustments, like I said, as the game went on, you know, and I, I have faith in all of our, all of our, all of our guards and guarding. You know, I think you know, rested has a job. I think what they go like, they only missed 12 range jump shots the whole game, something like that. So, you know, we getting the shots that we like. They're getting the shots that we want them to take. It's just a matter of how they're taking them. Are they contested? You know, staying down, stop, not fouling. I think that's really the biggest thing. I think tonight, Demar had 16, 17 free throws, and then Eric Gordon had 20. You know, I think that's that's huge. You know, and I think that that changes a lot. Like, you know, silly things like you know he spins, I reach, put him on the line for two free throws. Um, whether he makes them or not, you know, I think that's just the ultimate factor. All right, that's Donovan Mitchell tonight. He echoed a lot of the same sentiments we've had throughout the evening. Uh, he did feel that sometimes they got the shots they wanted him to take at times, and then they started to hit them. Rudy pointed that out, too, saying, man, we did start getting going in a few ways defensively, but it was a little too late, and the Spurs were able to hit the shots to keep him at an arm's length. Yeah, it's a, it's a mindset thing starting a game. I think you know that's interesting that Donovan brought that up. He said, we can't expect to get behind every night and come back and win every night. Um, so certainly things that are pretty evident. I think that uh, it's interesting that both guys, Rudy and Donovan, talked about the importance of you know making it a priority and playing a little bit. He actually used the term force on the mm-hmm. defensive end to – to quote my my buddy Tony Parks. So <laughs> I, I, I do think that um, if you watch the game tonight, I think everything we, we've talked about, and I think with Ron and Dave and and then just listen to the interviews, I think that's uh, that's a big piece of this. This is not a, hey, the sky's fallen panic situation. This is not, hey, we're just getting absolutely torn apart right now by schemes. Um, it is concerning that guard lines are giving us this much trouble right now. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, the, this Jazz roster is probably built to, um, you know, to counteract that because they can throw different guys. At, you know, there's there's more options on the on the defensive end than perhaps in years past. It's just a matter of making it a priority every night. Yeah, making that priority each and every single night, a commitment to it is really a challenge. I, I said this uh, kind of at halftime, and I, I, I thought you had an interesting take on this, that the idea of when your team is playing so well offensively trying to maintain that message and that that same attitude about what you're doing defensively because sometimes being so good offensively gives you the feeling that you can get away with not being terrific on the defensive end at times yeah i, I mean like that 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 could be a problem I mean, you were a part of some byu teams where i, I felt like that might have been the no, case. no no question i mean i think that uh you know the crazy thing is our uh, probably our best offensive teams um you know, Jimmer, Jimmer's junior and senior years, those are probably the best statistic defensive teams we had in those years, which is, you know, and really it was about uh, the mindset of so many of those guys to understand, hey, we are good offensively, we're potent offensively, but we are going to play, and they're going to know we're out here defensively, you know, and Jackson Emery, some of those guys. So it's a matter of, of that becoming, again, not just a, hey, sometime thing. It has to be an every night thing. Yeah. Well, in the focus thing, I mean, uh, Royce O'Neal is a committed defender, tough, hard-nosed guy. Go out there and, you know, you give him a tough assignment and he's going to throw everything he has at it. The Jazz get it down to five. They're defending a possession really well. Gets caught on a pump fake and sends him to the free throw yeah, line. And he, you Critical know, unfortunately, moment. he did that a couple times tonight. And the hard part when you're, you're playing from behind, 
you're trying to figure out a way to get over the hump. Mm-hmm. It's those situations, like a missed assignment, like Quinn talked about, leaving a shooter maybe for help that didn't need to be there, or you know, Rudy, or I'm, I'm sorry, Royce uh, leaving his feet and fouling late in the shot clock. Those things really compound once uh, you know you put yourself in a position to try to get back. But they just could not, like David said in the broadcast, they just could not for the life of them get a stop tonight. Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes they made it too easy. Points later, yeah, you know that's it's just too much to overcome. Yeah, it certainly was. Coming up next, we'll discuss the game at Denver. A former Jazz man involved in a scuffle tonight, and how many Jazz players are going to be sent to Chicago? We'll talk about it. Coming up next, this is the Mark Miller Subaru Post Game Show. Reminding you, Mark Miller Subaru, by the way, uh, is wanting you to go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. 127-120. Spurs beat the Jazz tonight right here on The Zone Sports Network. Back 97.5, 1280, the zone of the zone sports network. 127-120 was the final score tonight as the Utah Jazz fall uh, to the San Antonio Spurs. Jazz get set to face the Denver Nuggets tomorrow night. Um, should be an interesting one as both teams now come in with identical records. Should be a fun showdown as both teams are fighting like crazy for positioning in the Western Conference playoff spots. Uh, 8.30 tip-off. Before we get to that, final thoughts on this one here tonight, Coach. I I think that uh, we we've pretty much you know, the defense this was game. bad, right? Yeah, I, I want to devote my last comments. I, I think this is an important time for you know the the the, the fan base and the Jazz Nation to stay with this team. Um, this is as I mentioned, gone through a lot of seasons, had lots of ups and downs, but this is a this is a situation where the guys uh, they probably need a little bit of feel a little bit of support. Um, it hasn't gone the Jazz way the last two games. And, you know, they think the interesting thing is going into tomorrow on a back-to-back, everybody thinks the Nuggets will roll. But this is an opportunity for the Jazz to kind of get themselves back together in a situation where maybe not a whole lot of expectation for them to go out there and win and opportunity to rally the troops. Yeah, I mean, Denver, it was a little while ago, but they lost to the Cavaliers at home. Uh, Denver lost to the Grizzlies, I think last night is when it was. It was one of those recent games. Uh, This is a Denver team that's also beat Houston, lost to Houston, lost to Indiana. Not that Indiana's a bad team. I'm saying, like, there's going to be a big intermix of games where wins and losses are going to be coming at different times. I think fatigue is hitting a number of teams differently at different times. Injuries are hitting different teams, and it's making it very intriguing. Uh, there's a couple different windows that I think have a lot of intrigue, uh, obviously towards the very end of the regular year. But the other part is, as teams are starting to go towards the end of that run right before the All-Star break, because some teams are running through the finish line, some teams are stumbling to the finish line. And it's interesting to see which teams are most affected by that. By the way, Nuggets injury report for tomorrow. No Paul Millsap with a left knee contusion. Jamal Murray is out. Left ankle sprain. Mason Plumley, as we expected, would not be uh, playing. And Bol Bol uh, will be out as well. So the Jazz face the Nuggets. Uh, we understand how it goes, second night of a back-to-back, but man, if you were going to lose one and win one out of these first two games, 
you would pick to lose this one and win the game against Denver tomorrow night. Yeah, and that seems to be the tougher task. I mean, like David talked about in the broadcast that you know, if, if you're looking at these games, at this trip particularly, uh, tonight's the night that you really felt like you had to get. Uh, basketball's a funny game, man. Competition's crazy. And the minute you think maybe another team's got uh, a, a way better chance of winning, that's, you know, you think back to the Rockets-Jazz, right? right. I, that was a situation where nobody thought the Jazz uh, would lose that game. So it's a matter of those guys getting themselves mentally right, getting themselves mentally prepared, and then just leave it all out there between the lines. I don't doubt that whatsoever. All right, uh, former Jazz man involved in the scuffle tonight, Jay Crowder with a steal on an inbound with 50 seconds left. His team was in control. He got the steal. He ran to the corner. He's about to put up a three. Alfred Payton just decided to like run through him. Uh, like Full on two forearms to the chest, drilled him. Knocked him down. Jay Crowder was getting up. Referee trying to get between them. Man, that thing was ugly. First of all, David Locke said, at the end of the day, you can always say, you know what? At least we're not the Knicks. And that'll always make you feel better. You know? I was saying earlier, uh, it's like watching the Jerry Springer show. Uh, you watch every now and again to go, uh, you know what? At least that's not me. And I stole that. Uh, uh, Jake Scott always used that example when we would host a show. He'd be like, you know... Uh, when the Sixers were really bad, that's what he said. I watch them once in a while for the reasons why I occasionally watch the Jerry, Jerry Springer, Springer show. show. <laughs> the drama. The one well, thing so I was, you could go, wow, it could always be worse. The one, yeah, and the one thing I, I think that is actually a, a pretty good way to live your life. I think you can always <laughs> find you can always find ways to, to wish you had more. But man, if you look around, there's always a worse situation for you to be in. Yeah, it, it could always be worse. So that one there, I wanted to get your thoughts on this because. I've been right there courtside doing PA for G League games and an NBA game here and there, and I have uh, seen the kind of etiquette that can exist. I've always been under the impression, once it's under 24, run it out. It's a very nice thing if it's at 27 or 28 to take a violation. That's nice of you. But do you get more than that? No. You're playing. Go. Yeah. Stats are on the line. Numbers are on the line. Like, you didn't, like they didn't go with a full court press. You just you stole a pass and... You went to shoot a three. That's I don't have an issue with that. Now I'm not just sticking up for Jay because I like him. I that was my thought on the no, whole thing. No, when yeah. I when I saw that there was 50 seconds left, they were up 18, but he stole the inbounds pass and shot a three. Uh, again, I don't have. Uh, I'm but I'm I'm a little bit old school. There's uh, 50 seconds left. Right. It, it's different, like you said. If it's you know under 24 and somebody cranks a shot. Um, you know, but, but even then, your job, their job is to play their game and your job is to play yours. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think that that's something uh, that, you know, allow, enables somebody, you know, the right to, uh, to tackle somebody oh. and cause some kind of crazy stir. So on my, in, my, in this situation, I see where Jay maybe could have done something, dribbled out, and, but What's the, you know he makes a shot he misses a shot you're up twenty one whatever I, I I don't see personally I don't see with that given that situation not that big a deal now if he'd have done that with eleven seconds <laughs> right <laughs> right and that's mean, a big difference that's a huge difference that's like a slap in the face like right. to me that's uh, the I always be very they careful. still have a possession they still got to shoot it totally even they back it out they're going to shoot it so I saw a situation I'm sitting there courtside it was right here in this arena it was a G League game though and there was a two different scenarios one of them was uh, uh, an offensive possession where the winning team and it was the Stars and they were you know just running a possession they're up like 11 15 something like that with 
a 10 second difference between shot and game clock and they were running a possession and somebody fouled and got in each other's face and push and shove and and a lot of the Stars players and everybody's like, there's time, there's more than 24. What do you want us to do? I saw another one where an opponent of the Stars uh, grabbed a rebound with four seconds left, up 18 or whatever, started dribbling, and the coach is screaming, run it out, run it out, don't shoot it, don't shoot it! He screamed at him. And sure enough, from half court, he let that baby fly. Hit the backboard and missed, and uh, Martin Schiller, the Stars coach, goes, talk to him. You talk to him. He's like, I got it. I got like the look because there's a respect factor there. I get it. Like, I've always been against the you play all the way to the buzzer and you you this and that. Now in football, if you're up forty eight nothing with twelve seconds left, don't kick an onside kick. Just a thought. Just don't do that. Don't throw a flea flicker with ten seconds left and a running clock up. 38 you know but if there's i don't know a minute and a half to or four minutes to go in football and i hand it off to my fourth string running back and my fourth string old line blocks and he runs 80 yards for a td i don't know what to say to you right so be it yeah so that's to me that's what that was again my my philosophy is coach your team don't don't worry about coaching there how many of those uh run-ins did you ever have no coaching in the game where where there was a Hey, why'd you do that? Why'd you no, do that? No, no, never. I, really? Because I just have not, I never focused on, in my mind, my job was to worry about our team. No, but did somebody come to you? Oh, no, no, no. That? No, okay. no, no. I'm just saying my philosophy is you. I, I coach my team, they coach theirs, and, you know, if they do something disrespectful, it's not my job to police it, it's theirs. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many jazz players are going to Chicago? Two. I'm convinced it's two. For Sunday. I'll be totally shocked. For the Sunday. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I like it. And I don't think you're being a homer with it. No. I, like, I know where the Jazz Radio never, I, I genuinely no, but think I, it's but, two as well. I mean, the, yeah. look where they are in the Western Conference, and look what those two guys are doing. Their body of work. They're all-stars. Yeah. yeah. The numbers, which are not everything, but the numbers are also there. Their team has won at a high clip. They've been every bit as re- a bigger reason for it. They make winning plays. They, they check every box that should be there. And how cool is that for Salt Lake, for the Jazz? I mean, that would be awesome, right? And it's been a while, so it's going to be really cool. But that's my expectation. I, 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 I'm not even, like, sweating it. I think they get two. I like it. Uh, they're not just two All-Stars. They're two legitimate cornerstone pieces, two legitimate championship contending. Uh, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, so. As long as the defensive end gets rectified. Oh, yeah. And we'll see uh, if that happens to start coming up against the Denver Nuggets. What do you expect tomorrow night, Jazz Nuggets? Uh, an absolute battle. Um, yeah. The Jazz, you know, the one the one worry I have is the fatigue piece. Um, they they have, you know, traveled around. It's a back-to-back. They have not had a back-to-back in a while. So it's going to be interesting. But uh, it will be a battle. I think that this one will, the Jazz, you know, rather than being the 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 hunted, I think they'll be the hunter in this mm-hmm. situation. I do like that they gain two and a half hours. Yeah, that's big. 8.30 tip, and it's uh, gaining an hour. Get yeah, them. get them some sleep. Coach, this was great. Let's get some sleep tonight and be ready for tomorrow. How's All that, right, brother? Thanks, right, Tony. Man. Great working with you as always, Thank you. man. No, Thank you so much. It's a lot of fun, man. Uh, thanks to Adrian Leiser behind the glass. Thanks to Amanda Smith doing a great job. Uh, also behind the scenes as well, doing a fantastic job making sure the broadcast goes as smooth as possible. The Utah Jazz fall tonight by the final score of 127 to 120. A reminder, the Mark Miller Post Game Show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. Go where love takes you with the completely redesigned.
redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at MarkMillerSubaru.com. Jake's got to be back with you tomorrow when the Utah Jazz take on the Denver Nuggets. Pre-game coverage starts at 7.30, tip at 8.30, and always you can hear it right here on the Zone Sports Network. Thanks so much to everybody for listening. 127-120 Spurs beat the Jazz right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.